We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Rotoviz Radio Weekly Recap where I, Kyle Vorchek at FF Kyle Kid, take you on a tour through the last week in Rotoviz Radio podcasting. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. Before we get into it, I want to remind you that even though the NFL season is underway, you can still get your Rotoviz NFL Pass for 30% off. This discount is for listeners of the podcast only, and it's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content, tools, and best of all, it supports this podcast. Again, be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL Pass at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. Well, here we are, the final week before the fantasy football regular season ends. And in honor of all the big weeks that it took to get you here, or all the big weeks that stopped you from getting championship week, Here's Colm Kelly on the road of his highlight reel talking to Anthony Amico about how big weeks factor in the best ball leagues and how that changed your strategy. Have a listen. Yeah, so one of our presenting sponsors this year, as you know, has been a draft. And draft has these awesome uh, season-long best ball leagues that they just came out with this year. It's been a new format. It's been a lot of fun. I think people have been really getting into it. And I wanted to kind of see some strategy for... Those formats, you know, a lot of people talk about NFL 10s and best ball in that sense, but I wanted to focus a little bit more on draft leagues and just kind of see maybe how we should be optimizing our draft strategy. 
obviously in best ball leagues, we know that your lineup is optimized for you every single week. So you're really just shooting to get as many high scoring weeks as you can. A lot of people, you know, over the course of a season, you're going to get a certain number of startable weeks. And I think that those normal weeks will kind of just balance out. But where you're you're really going to find your edge, where you're really going to win in best ball to me is, is accumulating these really, really high scoring weeks. Like we just saw, uh, we're taping this on Monday. So yesterday we just saw Todd Gurley have that monster, monster yeah. game, scored four touchdowns. He had like 200 total yards. Like that's a game where even if he doesn't do much the rest of the year, that's a game that makes a huge difference for you in a best ball format because that's a week that nobody else is going to have. So I really wanted to see uh, kind of where the most of these really big games uh, kind of came from. So I looked at uh, the top 50 and top 100 single game scores at the wide receiver and running back positions uh, for the last five seasons. So 2012, 2016, I just took a look at were more of these high-scoring weeks coming at the running back or wide receiver position? Uh, how are these related uh, to draft position? Um, and how frequently, based on round, were you, uh, you know, able to basically find a player who could give you a top 50 or a top 100 week over the course of the season? Yeah, and you mentioned there, obviously, with Todd Gurley and week 15, uh, you know, you mentioned that if you have him on your roster, the interesting thing you mentioned there was that nobody else could have had that player. And that's something that I don't think people look at when they're looking at best ball leagues or looking at getting these high scoring weeks is not only do you have him on your team, but the other players aren't going to be able to have him on their team, which is obviously a huge uh, part of the whole deal. People will be thinking about, well, if I have him on my team, that's going to give me 40 points from him this week. It's going to be a, an overall total, you know, boosted up to maybe 180 points over the whole team over that week. But you don't think of it as uh, that means that, that there is points that that other team cannot have, because obviously if he's on another roster in another league that you have, you're obviously at a deficit in that. that. That's an interesting way to look at it. Is that the way you tend to look at it from, you know, always in best ball leagues? Well, I, I think that this, I think that this study, and I think that my approach going into 2017 was really more driven on that. I think in the past I was more of the mindset like, all right, I just want to like accumulate points, I just want to score. Um, but I, this is the first time that I think I've really looked at it as like there's there's a real goal here that we want, and it's, it's to acquire these big. As the season comes to a close, I think looking back, the most notable thing we'll look back on next year and in years to come is the emergence of all the amazing rookie running backs. Especially if they keep it up throughout their career, the start of a new age of running backs in 2017 will be the storyline we all remember. So keeping in line with that, here's Pat Crane and Sean Siegel with guest Brian Malone on the road of his radio. Take it away. Rookie running back value. Uh, You wrote a really cool piece on rookie running backs and um, kind of highlighting that they may be undervalued because they're going to have a much larger impact in the playoffs than they tend to have just in the regular season. This year, I think, is a great example of that, uh, where we have Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, and Christian, McCa- Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette all in the top 10, uh, 3, 4, 8, and 9, respectively. Um and uh, Kamara, Hunt, McCaffrey all turning in huge performances here in a semifinal week. Uh, I also wrote about this this offseason how rookies in Dynasty um, are a good bet, really the only good bet uh, if you just look at year by year to increase in trade value uh, from season to season. So, you know, there is a lot of literature out there suggesting that young players are 
overvalued in Dynasty, but there are some counter arguments. You, you and I have basically made some of the counter arguments. Uh, could you talk a little bit about uh, your article on rookie running backs and the value of young players in general? Yeah, so with the rookie running backs from a redraft perspective, I think I was, at least for this season, a little bit right for the wrong reasons. It just turns out that this crop of rookies is very, very good, um, and they've been productive all season. Now, you still get a little bit, like Kamara wasn't quite as productive at the beginning of the year until Peterson left, and they really opened up things for him. And McCaffrey, I think, has taken on a little bit uh, bigger role late in the season. So you're still getting a little bit of that improved production later, but I think it's also just a reminder of, you know, historical analysis is useful, but we're always dealing with small samples and the game is changing both uh, fantasy football and the NFL. So, you know, it may just be that this is an amazing class of running backs and it's a blip or it may, you know, be an indication that rookie running backs, while they struggled for the last eight or 10 years on average, that was actually just a small sample issue and they are just as good of redraft values as anybody else. Brian, you and I are playing in a dynasty league that Ben Gretsch has put together, basically a dynasty best ball. And you wrote one of my favorite articles this offseason. It was talking about your startup approach uh, that you've labeled the fake punt, or maybe in this case, the extreme fake punt. Basically, you trade back and trade out of the startup. And in this particular instance, you're, you're absolutely loaded for the future with five 2018 firsts in addition to your own pick for next year. Tell us a little bit more about the extreme fake punt, and do you like where your roster is heading here? Yeah, so so it started with fake punt is just drafting a bunch of young guys early and then loading up on veterans late and trying to compete in year one while still having that kind of baseline of value. And then this was just taking it a step further by I didn't make any picks in the first three rounds of the startup. I kept trading back, acquiring firsts, and then once I started making picks, I drafted probably a little bit lean, uh, lean towards win now. Um, though I did not win now, I finished, I think, eighth or something in the league, which was not great, uh, mostly because all my picks were awful. But I, So I don't actually love where I am with that team, but I feel good enough given that I got six first-round picks. I just I couldn't quite tank or I couldn't quite manage my roster the way I would have liked to because there's no in-season management. So in a typical league, after I had done that, if I had seen how the first few weeks were going to play out, I would have traded away those veterans for either, you know, more picks or for younger players. Instead, I got stuck with a lot of moderately productive vets and, you know, I couldn't I couldn't stink worse than Denny Carter. In addition to the rookie running backs they mentioned, we've also got what I think are the three other notable rookie running backs, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Tariq Cohen. Dalvin Cook was on pace for 17 PPR points per game before going out to an ACL injury in Week 4. It's a small sample, but he certainly could have been another top 10 rookie running back from this year and going forward into next year. Based on what we've seen, he looks like he should be a top 10 running back. Joe Mixon wasn't really playing well until a few weeks ago, going for over 100 yards on the ground, 50 yards through the air, and a touchdown in his breakout performance against Cleveland. In the next week, however, he suffered a concussion and has been out since then. And DFS darling Tariq Cohen, through the first seven games, was averaging 11.2 PPR points per game, but since then has cooled off extremely, going for only 7.6 PPR points per game and not really being fantasy viable in any way. Still, though, Joe Mixon and Tariq Cohen, both top 30 RB3 running backs on the season, adding to the depth of the running back class of 2017. If you're looking to play a rookie running back this week on DFS, do it on draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. Here's how it works. You do a draft that lasts for just one week, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. 
Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Drafting takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part? Play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start at just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps, play in a real-life snake draft, just like you would with your friends in season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app at any time. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com. Whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry in a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code RV Radio. That's right, play a real money game for free just for using my promo code RV Radio on your first deposit on draft. Just search draft in the app store or go to playdraft.com and come play for free with my promo code RV Radio. Taking a break from the NFL, here's Kyle Pollock and Jordan Hoover talking about some of the draft prospects that were in the Las Vegas Bowl between Boise State and Oregon. Here it is. I was really looking forward to the return of Justin Herbert for Oregon, Um, their quarterback. He had been absolutely tremendous when he had played this season, uh, and Oregon had been too. I think they are about 5-1, 6-1 when he played, um, and averaged like over 50 points a game, over 550 yards of offense a game. Um, But he really just did not look uh, look like himself in this game. Um, He was 26 for 36, 233 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, Also, their leading rusher with 17 yards. So that that would explain um, the struggles a little bit there for Oregon. Um, But he he missed some pretty pretty big throws, uh, easy throws, excuse me. And um, I I was just disappointed overall. I think he has a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks um, in the 2019 class if he does come out. Um, kind of similar to a guy like Sam Darnold, I think. Maybe, uh, you know, some, I, I've seen, uh, I believe it's Matt Miller say that he would be his number one quarterback for next year, um, which, which I would probably agree with um, when he played this year. He was phenomenal, um, except for this game, really. Um, other than that, not like any huge takeaways for me for this game, except that Boise's defense is um, really good, and they're a pretty young team. So uh, I think it bodes well for them. Uh, I don't remember the name of their defensive end exactly, um, but he, he had a sack. I believe he had a sack in this game. Uh, he was a redshirt freshman who led the Mountain West in sacks and didn't even start on their team. So just kind of um, something that bodes well for Boise State for the future. Um, that defense looks pretty solid. So um, that, that, those were kind of my thoughts. Uh, if you want to touch on Wilson a little bit, because I know you like him um, from that article you had written. Yeah. Um, so Cedric Wilson, he, he made me look good. I guess, uh, <laughs> I dropped a, we dropped the article about him, uh, early on Saturday morning and then he went out and, and went pretty wild. Like you said, clearly on, he, he wasn't a hundred percent. He got hit ankle injury. Like you said, on both of his ankles at one point, he's, you know, definitely not at a hundred percent doing anything. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I wrote an article about him and it was pretty interesting because he, you know, some things I didn't know about him necessarily. He played quarterback in high school, um, he had no FBS scholarship offers. He played two seasons at Coffeyville Community College in Kansas, uh, where he did where he was really productive at that level. Um, and he's he's done really well for himself in two seasons at Boise. Um, he's he's tall. He's I think six three or six four. He's a little he's he's under two hundred pounds. So I think he has some some room to fill out as far as his frame is concerned. Um, but you know, the, he kind of has like a lot of the intangibles. I think that the film, the, like the film crowd, kind of likes. Uh, there was one particular instance in this game where he was kind of just running a go route, and um, Brett Rippon threw him the ball, and he made a nice adjustment to come back towards the ball to cut in front of the defender. Um, you know, and you can't really take 
too much away from just one play, but he's pretty consistently done things like that this season. Um, and I think he's kind of a guy who is going a little bit under the radar as far as um, the draft is concerned. We'll see, you know, assuming that he gets a combine invite, which I hope that he does, uh, assuming, you know, he does well there, we could see draft stock rise. But he's just a guy that was you know, pretty high on, and it was good to see him uh, do really well in this game. If you're looking forward to the 2018 draft class already, here's a little bit from Jordan Hoover's 2018 NFL Draft Prospect Series, with this one targeting Cedric Wilson. In his final season, Cedric Wilson had a 32% dominator rating, which could have been a lot higher, but his touchdown total did decrease from his junior to his senior season. And looking at Kevin Cole's wide receiver regression tree, he falls into the node that signifies a 57% chance of becoming a top 24 PPR wide receiver in the NFL in his first three seasons. If you have any interest at all in the 2018 draft class, be sure to keep reading that series from Jordan Hoover. It's a great way to pretend like you actually have been watching college football all season. If you're still focused on Week 16, here's Eric Balkman and guest Biplop Mandel on the High Stakes Lowdown dropping some advice for the final week of the season. Another question that fantasy owners have to answer this weekend is they want to play a Ravens running back against that uh, Colts defense that just looked awful against the Denver Broncos on last Thursday night. Is it Alex Collins? Is it Buck Allen, who actually was the better week 15 play between the two? Um, you, you still have Danny Woodhead there. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if anybody wants to play him with everything on the line. What are you looking at as far as production goes from these three running backs as they take on the Colts? <laughs> yep. Uh, can you hear me, Balki? Yep, yep, you're good. Perfect. Okay. So if you look at the stats, Collins still had a better game than Buck Allen because Collins had five catches for 33 yards. And that gave him more PPR points than Buck Allen. Um, to be honest, some of Buck Allen's touches also came towards the end when they had a considerable amount of lead. Uh, and, you know, they really didn't need Collins. And I know Collins was not feeling very well earlier in the week. Uh, that being said, Collins also got got stonewalled twice near the end zone you know if you look at that game and browns actually have a very good uh, run defense um, i'm expecting a bounce back game from collins i will definitely roll collins uh, this week and hope that he gets the volume and some good runs out of it uh, i think it is a potential bounce back game and if the game stays close, I don't think Allen is going to out-touch Collins in the game against Indy. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping you're right. I think I think you are, and I'm definitely siding on on that side of the coin as far as Collins goes, the leagues I own him in. I'm definitely deploying him uh, for sure over Allen. Uh, Biflab, this has been awesome uh, picking your brain tonight. So gracious uh, with your time, and I certainly appreciate it in a, in a very busy time for fantasy owners. Going to ask you one last question uh, before I let you go. A sleeper uh, that uh, maybe we have touched on, maybe we have not touched on yet, uh, that might find his way into some of your Week 16 lineups. And then a stud, which I know you said you don't like doing, but if there is a guy out there that you would seriously consider sitting this year, or excuse me, this week, that um, you know people have high expectations for, but you don't think he's going to get it done, who would it be? Who are those two players? Sure. So, you know, I think... One straightaway sleeper this week will again be Keelan Cole, although I know a lot of folks might be chasing him on waivers. But 
a really super deep sleeper that I feel might have a big game again is Demir Bird from Carolina. You know, they are playing a porous defense, and I think it's not Funches, but Bird again goes away with two, three touchdowns. I actually picked him up in Scott Fish Bowl, where I'm, you know, now playing for the top 12 spots. So I like Demir Bird this week. Uh, as for a start, uh, you may not like it as a Packer fan, but I think Jordy Nelson will be on my bench, even if Devante Adams is out. Uh, and, you know, probably I'll even bench Jordan Howard this week against a tough Browns defense. So those are two starts that I don't feel good about this week. Listen, man, as a Packers fan, I'm already checking out draft stuff for 2018. I've moved on past this season. Jordan Nelson, a no-doubt fade this week. Looking to Gillespie Projections app, he has a floor projection of 1.6. That means if things don't go well for him this week, he's getting one catch for six yards. Sleeper number one from the clip, Keelan Cole, at least has a floor projection of 2.1. Moving on to the final clip of the year, we have Charlie Klein Hexel and Nick Giffen of the Numbers Game dropping some interesting facts. Here it is. There are currently two players on pace for over 300 PPR points among wide receivers and tight ends. One of them, of course, is Antonio Brown. He's already achieved that with 308.3 points, so he doesn't even need to play in these last two games, which he probably won't given that injury that he just suffered. And the other is another guy we've talked about, uh, you just mentioned, with, with over 400 receptions in the past five years. That is DeAndre Hopkins, 295.3 PPR points currently. So... Uh, those, those are the only two players on pace for over 300. Your next would be Keenan Allen at 238.6, hmm. but that means he would have to score, you know, 31.4 over the next two <laughs> weeks to, to sorry, 31.2 uh, average, I should say, over the next two weeks. So 61.4 total uh, to, to reach, you know, the threshold there of 300 PPR points. Don't think that's going to happen. Um, for most of these guys, you know, there's a really outside shot. It could happen with another guy, but they need two monster weeks. Uh, and they definitely haven't been averaging that. So third is Keenan Allen, fourth, Michael Thomas, fifth, Jarvis Landry, six, Thielen, seven, Adams, Devonte Adams, eight, Tyreek Hill, nine, Larry Fitzgerald. And finally we get to our first tight end, Travis Kelsey in 10th. So, we have two guys that are just heads and shoulders above everybody else. And uh, like I said, this will probably possibly maybe change the way we view uh, early round drafts. And if we yep. kind of go back in the history of this again, last year, Antonio Brown was the only one on pace. Um, and Odell Beckham Jr. was right there borderline on pace. But before that, we already had uh, three guys in 2015 that were hmm. over 300 at this point. Uh, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and Antonio Brown. 2014 going back to that one we had been flipping over here we had two guys that were already over and another three that were on pace so uh again we see this trend where things are spreading out at the top there are not as many guys who are just completely dominant at the wide receiver slash tight end position right now so um, you know, it really could change the way we do fantasy drafts in the future with these elite players. Maybe there becomes more of a mix of, you know, kind of like we saw this year in some ways, yeah. a mix of wide receivers and running backs. I know two years ago, obviously, there was the big shift to drafting wide receivers early. Um, several years before that, you know, most people were drafting running backs early. We're probably going to start to see a mix here, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how things shake out going forward in ADP. Very good stuff. All right, last one here, the number one stat, the partridge in a pear tree stat. 
we're going to talk about Antonio Brown's teammate, Le'Veon Bell, uh, who's currently leading the NFL in yards from scrimmage. He's got 1,849 uh, with a couple games to go. The only guy who's even close is Todd Gurley at 1,817. After that, the drop to the next guy, Kareem Hunt, is 1641. So the third place guy in yards from scrimmage is over 200 yards behind Bell. That brings us to a close, but before I go, I'd like to thank everyone who listened this season. This is the last show, but whether this was your first show or you've listened all season, I'm glad to have been your host all season. I also have to get into the RV Book Club because it wouldn't be a Road of His Radio weekly recap without it. This week, I want to talk about Hassan Rahim's Buy Low Report, where he talks about buy lows and sell highs. Since the season is now almost over, he talks about some 2018 buys and sells. One of my favorites was Derrick Henry, who he cites his lack of receiving ability and his career so far as indications that he might just be a committee back for his career. And like Nick and Charlie were giving out stats on their show, I'd like to give out one last stat on mine. The official combined record of quarterbacks who played under Jeff Fisher in his Rams tenure this season is 12-3 and via the efforts of Nick Foles, Sam Bradford, and Case Keenum. Thanks for all you did for this league, Jeff Fisher. That's going to do it for this week's Road of His Radio Weekly Recap. You can find me on Twitter at FFKyleTheKid. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Road of His Radio Weekly Recap. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can always get a hold of us at roadofhisradio.gmail.com and catch us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And you can always support the show by going to roadofhis.com forward slash podcast and subscribing with your 30% discount. got a toy golf set when he was three and from that day on he was hooked all he wanted to do was golf 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 he'd be on the links before school after school all he ever wanted was to go pro and then one day when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap johnny realized it just might not happen for him but you know what did happen for him he switched to geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance so that was good and so was hanging out with his grandson they call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. 
And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.